Hello, hello, I'm Lise Marie, and welcome to the Macro Coach Pro Podcast. Over the last seven years, I've scaled my macro coaching business to transform hundreds of women's lives with a balanced lifestyle approach to health and fitness. And now I'm helping online coaches like you do the same. I'll be sharing my secrets and industry-leading strategies with you. Whether you're on a personal fitness journey or looking to get epic results for your clients, the Macro Coach Pro Podcast is for you. Let's dive in. What is up, my fellow coaches? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We are going over so many little golden nuggets of information today. As always, thank you for being here, right? Today is the day you become a better coach, and I'm so excited you are here. Your clients are so excited you are here. I hope with whatever you you know embrace in this podcast, really use all this information, right? Do not let this be just a passive listening thing. Make sure that we take it into action and implement it so your business benefits, so your clients benefit. And just, again, you are here for being a better coach. And I'm so excited to share really what we're going to do to help your clients actually change their behavior. Because part of online coaching is we are changing habits. We are changing behaviors. We are making or helping our clients make these lifestyle changes. And it can be hard as an online coach because we're not there with them. We're not in person. And it can be really hard to kind of get them to change their ways. So we are going over an evidence-based approach today to behavior change. You may have heard this approach before. It's kind of like this overarching like word that people kind of just throw out, but I don't think people really understand what it is, let alone understand how to implement that into our coaching container, into our conversations with clients, and into our check-ins. So what are we talking about today? What is this evidence-based approach to behavior change? And that is motivational interviewing. And Again, you may have heard of this before. Maybe you've kind of, you know, been trained in it, but like how do we actually implement this with clients and are we doing what we need to do? I know sometimes I'm like try out a new strategy or or whatever and sometimes it's just nice to listen to podcasts like this too and be like, "Okay, I'm doing that. That's great. Ooh, that's good. Maybe I can tweak it a little bit there." So, again, we don't know everything. I don't know everything. You don't know everything. So, Listen to this in the light of like, okay, how can I be a better motivational interviewer even if I'm already trying to implement this? But if you've never heard of motivational interviewing, I am so excited because this is going to be, again, this like golden nugget of information that's really going to help you communicate with your clients better. What is motivational interviewing? Let's go over the like textbook definition for it. So it's a very collaborative, goal-oriented style of communication with a particular like emphasis on language that's going to allow your client to change, right? And so we're not just communicating to communicate and like get to know our client. We are communicating with the goal to help them change their behavior and it's designed as a way to like strengthen their personal motivation, their intrinsic motivation and commitment to doing what we want them to do by really helping like kind of get out of them and like explore their own reasons for that change. 
and helping them become like the owners of this idea and have this autonomy and ownership in whatever it is they want to change. Because we know, we know that we are more likely to change if it's kind of feeling like it's our idea, right? Um, And so motivational interviewing is really this like beautiful, like collaborative space where we are talking with our clients very intentionally. And it's a collaboration where you and your client can be this team. And you're not just telling your client what to do or throwing strategies at them, hoping one will stick and, you know, just telling them, well, you got to get to the gym more, or you need to hit your macros better, or we just, you know, got to put the donut down or like whatever it is. This is really helping one, you get to know your clients more. And two, having them really be that thought partner with you and getting them to talk and them to commit and them to do the the change of behavior. And again, this is evidence-based. Like I didn't make I didn't make this up. I wish I did, but this is a strategy I want us to really hone in on and I'm going to really show you how to implement it in your check-ins as well because I think a lot of like what we do can sometimes you know, be, we hear all these strategies, but it's like, okay, Lisa Marie, I got you, but like, how do I implement? So there are a couple parts to, to motivational interviewing, like at its core that I want us to understand first. So the first part of motivational interviewing is listening reflectively. So we need to listen to our clients when they send us voice memos, when they write us messages, when they put stuff in their check-in, we are listening just to listen and not to respond. And I know that's really hard, especially for someone like me where I'm like, I just want to fix everything, right? Like they say that they can't hit their protein goal. Oh my gosh, I have so many suggestions for like all these different protein sources. And I have all these strategies with like all these different like recipes or ways they can like you know, better their meals or like rework their week, right? And we we have all these thoughts in our head because at the end of the day, we do know best. And sometimes it's hard to listen just to listen and then listen to like, you know, respond with all these ideas. And we also, it's hard too, because we're like, okay, this client is paying me to like give them the answers, aren't they? Aren't they like, wanting me to just like tell them what to do. And some clients even think that like I've had clients come to me and say, I just want you to tell me what to do and I'll do it. But that doesn't really work unless the client is is motivated. And we know that motivation is like an emotion, right? Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And so we really want to have our clients be with us and collaborate with us and be in this team and the way that we're communicating. We're not drill sergeants. We're not just people spitting out all these different, like, you know, sources of protein that a client's just automatically going to want to eat. So we need to listen in a way that allows us to just listen and be really empathetic. Okay. So that's the first part of motivational interviewing. The second part is really developing a, a deep connection between the, the client and their current actions and habits and behaviors. So we need to understand that our clients, one, have within themselves the resources and skills to change, right? And we need to draw out their priorities and their values and explore like why they wanna change and like what they're currently doing 
And is that really aligned with their goals and having them be part of that discussion? Because your client can say they want to lose weight, but maybe their current actions, habits, behaviors, whatever it is, don't really align with that. And our job as a coach is to help the client see what is going on in order for them to help, in order to help them see what needs to change. So we can't be the only thought partner in this. We can't be the only one making all these connections of like, well, you're going to bed too late or you are, you know, not pre-tracking your food ahead of time or you're overeating on the weekends and like these aren't these aren't going to support your goals. We can't frame it like that. We need to have the client be really reflective of like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I'm going to bed too early. Like I know I'm not doing what I need to do. I know I'm not prioritizing this enough, right? We need to help them make that connection. I'm going to show you how to do that or tell you how to do that in a little bit, but that's kind of the second part of this. So we have a listener reflectively. We have developed connections. The third thing, the third core element of motivational interviewing is allowing the client to make the decisions themselves. And I know that's really, really hard to do because we have all these ideas, we have all these strategies, we have all these tips and tricks as coaches that we just want to share. But a good coach guides the client to that decision. That good coach empowers that person to create this idea and have it be their idea in order to change. Because I will tell you, your clients are smart. They have what is in them, right? They have the potential. We wouldn't have taken them on if we didn't think they had the potential to change. So we need to help make them and give them the opportunity to make the decisions and and be a guide and a coach and not just like an answer book for them. The fourth part is really like embracing this resistance and like kind of rolling with it and not being judgmental about your client's perspective or experiences and really just expressing empathy, highlighting their strengths, being that optimism and talking through the pessimism and really respecting that client's right to like make an informed choice about changing or not changing. And I I like to say that we want to hold them accountable without being judgmental. So again, we're seeking to listen, but part of this is like not being afraid for of your client to like feel negative thoughts, right? We don't need to like fix how they feel all the time. If a client is upset, We need to come from a place of why are they upset? What is making them upset versus like, oh, you're upset. What can I do? How can I support you more? Like what's going on, you know? So just embracing that resistance and really being that that compassionate partner to really understand them and seek to understand and really make sure that we are talking through things versus trying to fix things. Um, so how, how the heck do we do this? Right? We have all those things, right? Like that all makes sense, but how do we do it? So there's a couple different ways. If you've kind of studied motivational interviewing before, you may know this as the acronym of ORS, 
like like an oar that you would like row like row a boat with is that is that a thing but it's o a r s oars um and it's an acronym that stands for open ended questions affirmations reflective listening and summarizing but i also have a couple like extras um that i want to add to this cuz i don't think that list is complete but the first way we can do this is really ask open ended questions to allow the client to reflect a little bit more and elaborate in their responses. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a check-in and it's like, how is this week? Good, cool. That doesn't really give me much. So we wanna make sure we are asking open-ended questions to allow the client to one, elaborate and have them do most of the talking. They, again, everything kind of needs to be their idea. They need to do the the actualization and realizing of things. And so if you're talking all the time and spitting out all this stuff, they might not have that opportunity to like explore those things for themselves and reflect on those things for themselves. So maybe you see what a client needs to work on. So maybe you try to ask them questions for them to like see that as like as something that they kind of figure out for for themselves um so here's some examples like let's say a client shares some wins with you you're like okay like what were like what were some of your wins big or small and like why why were those wins how did those make you feel or asking them you know like, okay, you know, let's say we didn't have a lot of wins this week. That's fine. Like, what would you like to be different, right? How how can we work on getting some more wins? What, what do we need to improve on? Um, just really not asking yes or no questions and giving them, again, opportunities to elaborate and discuss. That's kind of the first thing we can do. Second thing is affirmations, okay? And this will come a lot like in just your daily uh, messaging with them or your check-ins, but we really wanna celebrate their wins, of course. We want to express really positive statements about what your client has already done, right? Or affirmations of like their personal like strength or ability, right? This is going to foster this growth mindset in them and help them build that confidence and hope of like the ability to change their behavior. This also is going to build, you know, rapport with you and your client, right? If you're always just like harping on like, did you do your workout or like you didn't hit your protein today, whatever, you know, they're not going to feel as good. And so we want to make sure we are affirming, not in just their like, not just in the things that they did, right? So like we can affirm someone by saying, great job getting your workout in today. But I wanna challenge you to take it one step further and affirm them, be like, I am so proud that you were able to prioritize your workout today. See the difference? Like when we can affirm their ability to change and we affirm the behavior that it took to like, hit the protocol or do the thing, that's gold, that's golden. The other thing is reflective listening, okay? So 
we want to make sure that we are reflecting and like on what the client thinks and feels and, you know, demonstrate that we are listening to try and understand the situation and be that empathy for them and, you know, really offer an opportunity for them to kind of hear their own words, right? And have their behaviors reflected back at them. So when we're trying to understand what a person is saying, it's really nice to either like repeat, rephrase, or like offer a deeper like guess or a deeper thought about what that person is trying to communicate. So an example of this would be like, a client tells you something like, um, oh, I just, I don't feel like I did anything right, anything right, right? The scale is, and I'm really frustrated. You could say, okay, like I, I hear, right? That you're not happy with the fact that maybe we didn't see the scale move this week. What frustrates you the most about that? Because then they can hear back of like, okay, she understands I'm not happy with the scale not going down. Why am I not happy about that, right? And then they can, again, talk a little bit more. So that's you exploring. That's you having, again, an open-ended question and reflective listening. You could also start some of your conversations of like, okay, maybe they tell you something and you say, Okay, it sounds like you are frustrated. Or if I'm hearing you correctly, you're wondering if blah, blah, blah. Or, okay, so I, you know, you're thinking that we need to do X, Y, and Z, right? So again, reflective listening in in trying to really explore what they're trying to say by repeating, rephrasing, or just like offering that deeper guess in that that deeper thought about what they're trying to communicate. We also want to summarize. So this is the S in the ORs, and I have a couple more for you, don't worry, but we also want to summarize. So I'm going to summarize for you real quick, right? So part of motivational interviewing, first we talked about open-ended questions, right? Because we want to gather more information and allow our clients to elaborate in their responses to our questions and let them do most of the talking. The second thing we want to do to start incorporating motivational interviewing into our coaching communication and practice is affirming their ability and their behaviors, not just the things that they're doing, but their ability to do those things. Third thing is reflective listening. So making sure we are listening to understand and not listening to respond. And part of this is almost trying to mirror what the client is saying or rephrasing. So we can make sure we understand correctly. And two, so they can reflect on what they said, right? Because they're probably saying all these things And if we don't repeat it back to them, they don't maybe even have time to reflect on what they're saying. And they're like, well, that's what I said, but I guess that's not really how I'm feeling. And, you know, they can communicate with you better. The fourth thing we want to do is summarize to make sure we have a, a shared understanding, right? That we're on the same page and like we understand what the client is, is really trying to say, because we, we just want to make sure that we aren't misinterpreting what they said, or they feel heard and understood. So, you know, you can like summarize what they said by saying like, okay, you know, 
So let me understand. Let me see if I can understand so far. So like you're not happy with the scale. You feel like you did everything right. And you're frustrated about that because you feel like you're working really hard. Do I have that correct? Is there anything else you'd like to add? Or you just simply say like, okay, I want to make sure I'm understanding exactly what you're telling me. You're saying that blank, 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 right? So summarizing what they said to make sure you're on the same page. So that's the that's the ors, okay? I'm going to add in a couple extra things here uh, that I think is really important part of motivational interviewing. And that is, you know, this like exchange of information. So sharing information is really like a two-way street, right? And we have suggestions that we want to give our clients, but we want to help them be that decision maker in it. And our clients are like the experts in their own lives. And so it's really important that we are always asking permission to share and exchange information after having that client weigh in. So it's really important for you to ask like, hey, what do you think would work? Or, you know, I have some ideas of ways to manage our stress. Has there any, has there been anything that you've tried in the past? I'd love to know what you already know like works and doesn't work for you. So asking permission before you exchange this information so you're not sharing information that like maybe they've already tried or maybe they already know or they're like, wow, my coach clearly doesn't understand that like, you know, I've that's what I've been trying to do the past couple weeks like and it's clearly not working, right? So giving the client, asking the client for permission, giving them some options to choose from once they've allowed you to share, right? To allow them to make that decision. Because again, we want it to be their idea. So you can say, okay, I have a couple suggestions. What do you think about these? What would feel the most sustainable? Or, you know, what would be a good mix of these, right? And having your client be like, oh, interesting. Okay, you gave me like three or four different options to get more protein in. I want to choose this one. Like, I want to get more of my protein from meat sources or whatever it is. And then again, they've made the decision. You have given them options and it's a, it's, you're collaborating with the client, right? And it's not just, you need to eat more meat sources to get protein in. They've decided for themselves they want to, and they kind of came up with that idea on their own. It's also helpful to kind of plan this out. So I want you to like really explore the how of change to where you really support the client and like consolidating the commitment to change and develop a plan based on their own insight, their own expertise. And, you know, knowing that it's okay if a client isn't ready to, to make these changes and not being judgmental of that. So, you know, part of this reflective listening, part of this summarizing is really trying to help you and your client come on the same page to see if what your client is doing currently is in alignment with their goals and then coming up with a plan of attack, right? A plan to change that. And so I think it's really important for you and your client to come up with this plan together so the client feels like they have a say in it, so the client knows what the plan is, 
right? And it feels realistic to the client. So let's kind of go through all of these, like through just like kind of a check-in type of scenario, right? So let's say you're checking in with your client and you're like, hey, you know, how's it going? How this, you know, how'd this week feel for you, right? Open-ended question. Your client responds and, you know, we'll just take the scale one, for example, like, oh, well, good. I, I did everything this week, like, and the scale didn't move sad face emoji or whatever they send you. You can say, okay, you know, I hear, right? So again, you're reflective listening and you're mirroring back kind of what they said, like, okay, I hear, you know, maybe we're frustrated that the scale didn't move this week uh, and you feel like you did everything right. Like what frustrates you the most about the scale not moving? right? You're reflective listening and you're just being more exploring because maybe they're not hung up on the number necessarily. Maybe they're just hung up that they think they did everything right and there's no movement and nothing to show for it. So then the client responds to you like, okay, well, I feel like I hit all my protocols and I'm really like not seeing any progress and I'm just worried that like something's wrong with me or the program isn't working and like that's frustrating. And so you have a coach, you as a coach say, cool, yeah, that totally makes sense. I understand given, you know, you not seeing the scale move and knowing that that's like motivation for you, right? Is it okay if I kind of look over what we did this week and kind of give you my perspective on it? And they're like, sure, yeah, of course, right? So again, you're you're empathizing with them, right? And you're affirming like how they feel, but you also maybe have a different take on it because maybe you know the client really didn't do all that much or like maybe you already know things that the client needs to work on and that's why the scale isn't moving or maybe the scale isn't moving, but you've noticed like they've had non-scale victories, right? And like you wanna point that out, but again, you're not you're not listening to respond. So, you know, if a client messages you like, oh, the scale didn't move, I'm so upset. You're not gonna clap back and be like, well, your pictures look different or your waist is improved or like, you know, you had all these non-scale victories, like that doesn't help. They're not gonna feel like you're listening to them. But we still want to like make them aware of that and have them see on their own that that's happening, right? So you're going to say, okay, I'm going to just like go over how this week went from my perspective and you can let me know how you feel. So then you can say, okay, you know, here's your food diary, right? And um, it looks like we hit, you know, our calories most of the time. It looks like we had some fun meals out and you kind of just like go over everything. Maybe you see that they're on their period and maybe that's why the scale isn't moving. Maybe, you know, you see that they had, you know, a high sodium meal the day before their weigh-in, like whatever it is, right? And so you're giving them just like a full rundown. And then you say, okay, like you've, you've done all the things, right? But Maybe because we had more sodium, maybe because you're on your period and you you just educate them about the scale. And then they respond back to you like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. That all makes sense. And 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 I understand, like, you know, thank you for thank you for telling me. And you're like, yeah, no worries, right? Like, this is what happens, like, you know, when people are you know, on their period, it's very normal. Don't worry. I just want you to trust me and trust the process. And why 
why don't we think of some ways we can start looking at other markers of progress besides the scale? What what do you think, you know, we could also look at in terms of progress that aren't scale related, right? Again, open-ended question, you're asking them to explore. The client goes, okay, yeah, well, you know, I guess other markers of progress, like, you know, you said that I, um, you know, got all my workouts and I actually felt really good about that and I'm feeling strong and then they kind of like open up more, right? And then you kind of just have this back and forth conversation of you asking these open-ended questions, you you listening to understand, right? You're, you're empathizing, you're not ignoring what they say, but instead of you saying, we need to focus on non-scale victories, right? Here are all the non-scale victories you had. We're not doing that. We're asking them, hey, what would it take for you to stop dictating your progress solely on the scale? right? And then they can have their own ideas, right? And you've helped them see the non-scale victories. You've helped them get to that point through all this questioning. And yes, this takes more time. Yes, this takes more effort. Yes, this takes more communication. But this is such a better conversation than a client saying, well, the scale didn't move this week. And you say, remember, you're on your period. It's not going to move. Focus on these things. You did great this week. The client's like, yeah, okay. And not to say that that option is bad, right? We, we want to hype up our clients and maybe you're questioning and questioning and trying to question them to help them get to the answer and they're still kind of not clicking. You know, you can say, for example, right? Something that went really well for you that's not related to the scale was your workouts. Did you feel like you committed to those this week? And they can go, oh, yeah, I think I did, right? And, you know, that wasn't the best, like, open-ended question, but you you get my point of it, you know, of us really asking questions and almost, like, interviewing them in order to help them kind of say what we want them to say and realize what we're realizing about the client and having them kind of feel like it's their idea and their conclusion of what they're getting to. So... To recap, we have motivational interviewing. We have the four parts of motivational interviewing, which is you listening reflectively, you developing connections between your client's goals and their actions, you allowing the client to make decisions, and you really like embracing any sort of resistance or pessimism with just like trying to understand their perspective and seeking to understand why they're feeling that way versus trying to fix it. And we do this through open-ended questions, affirmations, reflective listening, making sure we summarize to be sure we're on the same page with the client, making sure we have a proper exchange of information and you're always asking the client for permission before you share suggestions and allowing them to share some suggestions themselves. And the last is through planning. So having a plan moving forward, right? So they know the plan and they are part of that process and it's kind of like their idea. And remembering that motivational interviewing takes a lot of back and forth. It takes a lot of questioning. And your client may feel like they're being interviewed a little bit, but but that's that's the whole point of this. And it's going to take, you know, time and I know it's tempting to just 
you know, if a client's like, I don't know how to hit protein, you know, off the top of your head, like, okay, just do this, do this, eat this, eat that, right? That's, that's the easy route of coaching. But a good coach will take the time to say, okay, what have we tried so far to get more protein in? Well, I've tried to eat some egg whites, pre-track my food ahead of time, right? So you understand, you know, those things. And then maybe you ask, okay, well, why, why didn't pre-tracking your food work? Or, you know, what has been the biggest struggle with the things that you tried? Or did any of those things work? Or, you know, just digging more and gathering more information and making sure as you're doing this, you're summarizing what they said, you're reflective listening, so you under, so you make sure you understand what the client is saying. So I really challenge you to do this in your check-ins or try to do this when a client just asks you a random question during the week, right? And again, it's going to be tempting and you're going to be like, oh, they just, they, they probably just want the answer, right? But I can tell you, if you do this with easy stuff like, hey, how do I get more protein in? This is going to be so much better when you do this with like mindset stuff or, you know, when clients are struggling with like more internal food freedom related stuff or the example I used with the scale not moving, right? Where maybe you don't have all the answers. Maybe, you know, you and your client need to do some digging of like why the scale is such a big importance and, you know, why they put so much value on it or or why the scale frustrates them or, you know, just digging deeper. And through this, you're going to get to know your client better. Your client's going to feel safer, more vulnerable, and just overall have a deeper coaching relationship with you. And you're honestly going to become a better coach. They're going to be more motivated to do things that they helped come up with themselves. And you're actually coaching and guiding them versus just telling them what to do when we do this. So let me know if you guys have any questions about this. Give it a try. It's going to be a little sticky, a little bit hard in the beginning, but I will tell you it gets easier with time and it gets to be really fun because you get to learn so much about your clients and have them see and be these reflective partners with you of like, you know, why things aren't working and, you know, and sometimes it it helps them hold themselves a little bit more accountable to and it's it's less pressure on you to figure out everything for them and you're more of like this guide that helps them get to the right answer which is really empowering for them and really cool for you to see so thanks for tuning in i really appreciate you guys being here and i'll catch you all on the next episode congrats on finishing an episode of the macro coach pro podcast if you learned something new share and tag me on instagram And don't forget to join the Macro Coach community on Facebook. You can click the link in the show notes. Until next time, bye friends.